When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Old Lady Speaks podcast on Black and White and Red All Over. I'm your host, Danny, coming to you for episode number 86. I have a feeling there are some folks who want to 86 Juventus's second half performance against Antalanta over the weekend. So, as always, if you want to listen to us on your favorite podcasting platform, whether it is Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or Google Podcasts, feel free to like and subscribe there. You can also follow the directions on our website as to which podcasting platform you prefer. And if you do listen on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, feel free to leave us a review and all that good stuff. I think I already said that, but anyway, I'm tired. So let us begin. Samuel, hello, Samuel. I, I don't know. I, I think you're being very generous with just the second half. I'd take everything after the 20th minute and yeet it out of here. Yeet it, yes. We, we might yes. be yeeting some things. We've got Chucks. Hello, Chucks. Yeah, yeeting. Uh, that's, uh, man, that's what the kids these days uh, <laughs> My uh, fiance's seventeen-year-old. Uh, it's, uh, it's one uh, of the. It, it's one of the good. It's one of the good ones that the kids have come up with. It's a really yeah. fun word. Yeah, it's catchy one. It's uh, strangely lyrical, but yeah, yeah, it's catchy. Not as catchy as a uh, as uh, a tough, hard-fought one-one draw. But you know, let's uh, let's get into it. Well, Edward, did you watch this week? Yes, yes, I did. Okay, I did. then we'll go for you, we'll go to <laughs> yeah. you first again for your your takeaway from the week that was. Yeah, once, twice, three times a lady. You know, I wouldn't wouldn't miss a game once or twice, or not even three times. So, nope, I watched it. Uh, It was a little bit of shaky stream, but you know, I uh, still uh, still got the good stuff. Um, Yeah, my takeaway: um, 
I think I only really just noticed that, which I really should have known, but we really do have a lot of attacking talent on this team. And I think I only just realized yesterday how top heavy we are uh, in this team because, you know, at one point in the game, we were playing with, uh, I mean, it was a little bit brief, but we were playing with Dybala, Vlaovic, Morata, and uh, Moise Keane all at the same time. And then Morata went off for, uh, I think, for uh, K, if I'm not mistaken. So, I mean, yeah, that's a lot of attacking talent. And, you know, we still have, of course, I think Bernadeschi was injured, uh, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Quadrado was on the Quadrado was on the field too. He was playing fullback yeah. at that point. Yeah, yeah. So then Quadrado as well. And then, you know, Bernadeschi being injured. So we still have him. And of course, Chiesa, you know, Federico Chiesa still being injured too. So, you know, the wings of Fedo were clipped. <laughs> they were clipped. Um, sorry. Sorry. I know that's embarrassing. Um, but, um, but yeah, I mean, all of that attacking Thailand and it, yeah, it is a remarkably top-heavy team, which, well, uh, you know, we've complained about the lack of goals, so I guess you can't really complain that um, there's not the uh, the tools. Yeah, you can't you can't say that the tools are not available to score the goals. I mean, that I think is very clearly the case that we have, um, yeah, more than enough talent to score the goals. But um, uh, you know, of course, the, the team is made out of eleven players, not just you know eleven strikers. So. Um, still need a good balance in the team. But um, yeah, I mean, it does mean that Allegri has that plan B available of like just going nuclear and throwing on all the strikers, which he sort of did against Atalanta. So um, yeah, just kind of interesting to see just how much uh, attacking uh, talent we have. All right, Sam, Chuck's left the door open for you. Go ahead and rip Max Allegri to your heart's content. Oh yeah, I am going to, I'm going to, I'm going to be, I'm going to start the debate right here, right now with it. And that is, and and he can change my mind again with it. But right now, I, I don't necessarily look at Max Allegri as a winning football coach. Because he doesn't coach to win anymore. Every big game that we have seen, especially these last couple of weeks, you had, you know, you had the Milan game where Milan was, was ripped to shreds by injuries and by COVID and by AFCON. And, and then Atalanta dropped, had dropped points. And you had a huge opportunity and he played not to lose. He didn't play to win. He never was good. He never went in there thinking I'm going to make the proactive moves to win the game. And it was the same thing on Sunday. I think he went in there thinking draws fine. I would be, he would have been totally fine with a goalless draw in that game. He did not, he, he didn't react. He didn't, or no, sorry, he did react. He didn't do anything proactive. By halftime, it was clear that something had to be done with the midfield. By the, you know, by 55, 60 minutes, Atalanta was, was winning most of the midfield duels. Anything that Juve was getting was done by bypassing the midfield. And he stood there and did nothing. Meanwhile, Gasparini took one look at the, at the game and said, all right, here goes my trump card in the 60th minute with a heck of a lot of time to work his magic. And he only needed 15 for it with, with Malinowski. We have remade the team to say, and that's to say nothing of the fact that Dennis Zakaria, you know, who was bought for this kind of game, why he wasted him on seven, on 65 minutes in Coppa Italia and then decided that he needed 
a rest in this game, which was far more important, is is an entirely different discussion about Allegra's decision making. But we have we we do like you said you you're right, Chucks. We have a lot of attacking talent. We have a lot of high end attacking talent, especially now with Vlaovic. We have a a a, a much we have a, a team that is demonstrably better than it was before the last week of the January transfer window. But if Max Allegri is going to keep on coaching, frankly, coaching scared and not taking these opportunities that come up and, and going for them, there's not much that's going to happen. You know, th- this was a golden opportunity today, especially with Zapata go- out, with, with Musso out, to really take it to, to Atalanta and to make that game in hand that they have largely irrelevant, at least for the time being. Instead, here you are in a situation where, yeah, we're in fourth place. Once Atalanta has that game rescheduled and they play it, if they right as it stands right now, if they win it, they jump us and there's nothing we can do about it. You could have, we could have controlled our own destiny from 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 full time onward had we just freaking gone for this game. But Allegri went and decided to just play it safe. And he coached, like I said, he coached not to lose. And it doesn't matter what sport you're playing at whatever level you're playing it at. If you go out to not lose, it becomes infinitely harder to win. And that, that, that's my takeaway of the week is that Allegri's got to spruce up. He's got to start getting out, getting in with, with some real decisions to make these games wins. Well, this is where we start playing the what if game, right? I mean, it's, it's a fact of, well, what if Dusan Vlaovic scored one of those chances he had in the first 20 minutes? What if Paulo Dybala just puts a little more bend on his shot in the opening 20 minutes? What if all this happens? What if, you know, Matthijs Delic doesn't commit a foul on Melanowski? You know, it, it, and I mean, I, I agree with you in the sense that Allegri was way too slow with his subs. I mean, I'm sitting there in the 50th, 50th, 55th minute, like, you know, ready to tweet out in all caps, make a sub, your midfield needs it. And then this 55th minute comes, no subs, 60th, 65th, 70th. Obviously the goal made him react to it. It's more the subs that even when the game was still tied, that bugged me the most because Atalanta, even with the absences they had, they still fielded a pretty solid team. And I understand that Juve dominated the first 15-20, but at the same time, you knew Atalanta was going to get into the game at some point because they're just too good not to. So I don't know. I mean, I guess we'll just start there. You know, how obviously Allegri deserves some blame because it's it's only natural in a game like that when your manager waits until the 80th minute to make a sub. But I don't know. I, I, I was sitting, re- obviously, you know, I'm, I'm reading Sam's recap and I, I am, I could, I agreed with some of it. I didn't agree with all of it, but of, like, I think Sergio said, maybe it's a good thing. We disagree sometimes, right? It is indeed. Um, that's, <laughs> that makes uh, life and this podcast a lot more interesting. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, just <laughs> on the general, on the general point of Allegri, obviously, uh, you know, so much, so much to say, on Allegri, he's, he's a guy that divides opinion, rightly, rightly. So, uh, you know, he's, yeah, I mean, he, a lot of him accuse him somewhat rightly just of excessively conservative tactics. Um, I mean, my general argument has always been like, you know, 
this is not a surprise or anything. I don't think it like he's ever been particularly different. I don't think it's suddenly like a surprise, like, oh my God, you know, I like he's playing like not to lose, you know. So I guess that that to me always kind of tempers my criticism of him. It's like, okay, yes, this is a negative point of his, but it's like in a way, we all knew this. We all always knew that this was going to happen. So, I mean, maybe the club. Well, no, I shouldn't say that. No, it's just like we, we've seen this coming. We know this will happen. And the only times that he will really go for broke is in extreme situations like uh, the second leg of the Atletico Madrid um, game in the uh, in the Champions League uh, some years ago. Um, you know, those are like extreme cases where he shows that he is capable of doing that. Um, and that the team is capable of doing that. And obviously, I mean, look at the talent we have now in terms, especially attacking talent. Um, you know, we're more than capable of doing that. Um, why doesn't Allegri do that? I mean, I, I, mean, I couldn't tell you, but in fairness, you know, just going off the first half of yesterday, yeah, yesterday's game. Um, I mean, I don't think Atalanta really did much um, in the first half, just talking about that. Um, you know, again, the first, I'll say 20, 25 minutes or so, we had the better of the game. Uh, Atalanta then, you know, came back into the game. We, I guess, let them get back into the game or what have you. Um, and yeah, they did well, but still they had, you know, not a single shot on target in the entire first half. So you could say, okay, you can look at it from the perspective of Atalanta is still an excellent team and we nullified them to, you know, little to nothing in the first half, which, you know, I think was the case. Uh, second half, they obviously became more threatening. Um, you know, as the game went on later and later and later, it did seem that like that goal by Malinowski was eventually kind of coming, uh, had it coming. But yeah, even then, you know, I mean, you, you go back to kind of the fundamentals of football and it's like, okay, obviously at the most fundamental, fundamental level, it is, the goal is, you know, score more goals than your opponent. So then which one comes first? Do you first score goals? and then try not to concede them or do you first not concede and then try to score a goal, which I mean, it sounds like kind of, you know, juvenile like semantics, but I think it shows in, in the way that coaches approach the game. Allegri is clearly a coach that approaches the game as, as, you know, okay, we first do not concede goals and then try to concede or try to score um, a goal. Whereas, you know, coaches like I don't know, Klopp and, you know, Jurgen Klopp and uh, Pep Guardiola, they're obviously on, we will score first and then make sure we don't concede. And, you know, there's just, I think it's just the, a coaching philosophy that Allegri has. And it's just, at this point, I've just accepted it as this is who he is. Um, I mean, is it good? Is it bad? I mean, you know, it's definitely not entertaining. It's, I've started to notice the last few years that it is, Oh, well, I mean, okay, he wasn't here last year, but like towards the end of his tenure, of his first tenure, I noticed the the risk, kind of paradoxically, the risk in it, because it's a risk-averse approach, you know, of not conceding first and then trying to like, you know, score a goal. But ironically, I've noticed, you know, I've come to kind of think more of it as a riskier approach because, you know, you try not to concede, not to concede, but then you don't, you end up like being a nil-nil at 60th, 70th minute. And then, well, at that point, you know, depending on with a, with an opponent like Atalanta, they'll, I mean, they're good enough to clearly good enough to score a goal. And then you have what, 10 minutes left to, to equalize. Well, you know, then suddenly it's like, you got to throw the kitchen sink at it. And then yeah, things are uh, chaotic. So I don't know. I mean, in general, I just kind of, I think it yeah, mostly works against bigger teams. It, it I think it definitely does nullify 
opponent teams. Like, like I said, Atalanta, I don't think we're very threatening at all in the first half, but you do wonder, and it is something I think is valid. You do wonder if it, if you're getting the best out of your players, especially this current crop, crop of players by doing such a risk of risk averse approach. And uh, well, it's that walking of the tightrope, right. That we've said for all of this season and obviously more and more towards the end of Allegri's first tenure is that, you know, there, there's only so much room for error with either trying to scrape out a one, nothing win or defending a one, nothing lead. And, you know, obviously Juventus's defense is better than years prior, but at the same time with this attack, you don't want to see them scraping out one, nothing lead or one, nothing wins or whatever. You want to see them playing like they did more often than not in that first 15, 20 minutes this, this weekend. And, you know, it, it's, it's, the, the finishing obviously is a big deal because they, they aren't finishing very well, but yeah, it, it's definitely some of the mindset that Allegri is very much still sitting in. Whereas, you know, when do we, when do we keep pushing forward or when do we, you know, basically just hunker down and, and try and defend what we have. And that's, that's kind of the, the tipping point right now is it's, it's like, okay, you've got one of the best strikers in Europe now on, on your team leading the line, how much do you extend your comfort zone a little bit? Yeah. And it's, it, and it's interesting in that, you know, I, I have criticized Andrea Agnelli to the moon and back over the last couple of years, but until he brought Allegri back this summer, you know, when Allegri left, when Allegri and the club parted ways the first time, it was because he was making a concerted effort to change that, to put Juventus more on the line of of playing a yes a little bit more of an aesthetically pleasing but also a style of play that can lend itself to a player like a Vlaovic or at the time Cristiano Ronaldo in and you know Agnelli ended up f- making mistakes in the the players that or the, the or the coaches rather that he brought in to do that but I don't necessarily think that it was a that that was an unworthy pursuit in and of itself. And like right now you've got, I got with, you know, with Vlaovic and Dybala and Morata up front, you know, working off of each other very well. There was some good interchange between the three of them, good interchange between, um, between the three of them and Weston McKenney in particular, he was very good yesterday, I thought, but the three of them are a Ferrari engine, but you're putting it into a set of tactics that are the equivalent of a Fiat Panda. And, you know, it's hopefully it, not Arturo Vidal's Fiat Panda. Hopefully not Arturo Vidal's Fiat Panda, Panda, but, but it is holding these players back. And here, you, you know, this, there, there was this, this crunching, you know, you know, this, this, this so much optimism and it, it, it kind of has, has started to slowly grind to a halt a little bit for, for some people, just because they they don't see how Allegri is going to use these guys to their maximum effectiveness. And that's what you have, you know, that is your job as your coach is to make your make your team the sum of, you know, greater than the, at the very least the sum of their parts and ideally greater. And there's a pretty big sum here now. And and he also, you know, some of the, the choices he made, obviously not using Zakaria uh, at all, not even off the bench yesterday, 
which really surprised me. You know, we've still yet to see him and Manuel Locatelli on the field together, which is is something that's got to happen sooner or later because Locatelli is your best midfielder and Zakaria is the kind of guy that can free him up. You know, Locatelli was was playing far too deep yesterday to, to, to make the best of himself. You know, it comes down to, you know, a thing that I said a couple of weeks ago, and, and yes, this was before Vlaovic came to the team, but, you know, here is Allegri where there is there are some very obvious moves to make to put players in position to succeed and he's not doing it and it looks like he's consciously not doing it and i don't understand what the thought process is behind that it it boggles my mind to see you know these players that we've got out there right now being reduced to a, a a defend and counter, and it it wasn't just that wasn't even just Atalanta. I mean, against Telas Verona, we pretty much were doing the same thing at home. So it 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 makes me wonder whether or not Allegri really has any idea how to use talent like this. You know, he he struck upon the five star in in 2017-18. No, 16-17. 16-17. You know, the, he ran riot with, with the guys that he had on that team. And then between the final in Cardiff and the early part of the next season, when he when Juve started leaking goals a little bit more than usual, it spooked him. And I feel like he's never really gotten over that. And I feel like he, let, you know, I, I said earlier, I think he's, I, I think he's a little bit gun shy about really letting a, 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 a team, the team go in the attack. And it's something that, frankly, he's got to get over because we can't have four years of this because Allegri's not leaving the team early, not at that dead, not at that contract with that kind of dead money. You're not seeing him leave early unless it's like maybe a year. But, you know, th- th- this has got to, this has got to change because I don't see the way Allegri's approaching games right now as making the most of what he has. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. Yeah, I mean, you know, in fairness, so, you know, I think about the goals for this season, and I think, okay, I think it was unrealistic to me anyway at the start of the season. I said this in the season preview as well. I think, or I thought and still think um, that it was unrealistic to expect us to win the title. So, you know, that was to me, not a goal. Um, So, you know, the goal was what top four to get the champions league, which I thought was a realistic goal and a fair goal uh, to get that. And I think 
we are still very much on track for that. Of course, you know, if Atalanta win their game in hand, they'll jump us. But I mean, I think only with what it will be two points, I think it will be a two point different if they won. Um, yeah, if they won their game in hand. So I mean, that's obviously not, you know, nothing uh, catastrophic there. So in that sense, I look at it and I think, OK, we're still on track to meet our goals, um, at least in the league. Um, Copa Italia, Champions League, I mean, I mean, we're not going to win the Champions League. Um, and Copa Italia is always kind of a, I don't know, I think it's always kind of a lottery, really. It, it, it just, yeah. So, yeah, so we're still on track on, to meet our goals, which to me means, okay, the means at which or through which he's, you know, getting us there definitely aren't pretty. I don't think they ever were. I don't know if they really will be. But, you know, the means that we're using aren't pretty, but they're getting to the ends, um, which, like I said, I mean, I expect us still to get top four. And again, we're still on track for that. So, you know, with that said, I mean, yeah, it's like I said, it's not pretty, but I never expected it to be. And uh, yeah, there's but we're still probably going to meet our goals, uh, the league goal anyway. And then, you know, I also want to kind of draw a parallel to, um, well, two things. So first of all, I think um, Agnelli kind of tried to move us to this, you know, positive brand of football and this kind of, you know, more proactive um, style of playing football through getting, you know, Pirlo. And I mean, through getting uh, Mauricio Sari as well. Um, definitely, actually, yeah, definitely Sari. And then, of course, uh, Pirlo as well. So, you know, kind of tried. He definitely had that on this, I think, management show that they had on their mind of, okay, we want to have this kind of, you know, sexier football and like this this positive, you know, and modern football, whatever, you know, whatever that may be. But, um, so yeah, and we tried that. And I mean, it was, uh, you know, don't really think it was amazingly successful. Um, okay, we had different talent available at that time, but still, I, I, you know, I just, to me, it didn't strike me as a, you know, great success, that experiment. And obviously, a lot of other factors going on there. So I don't want to, you know, correlation is not causation. But I think it shows that, you know, he tried, um, or we, the club, tried to do that. And yeah, it wasn't amazingly successful. Uh, but then, you know, I, I, I keep an eye on a club like uh, Atletico de Madrid, uh, quite a bit and I think it's such an interesting club because you know they've had Simeone for upwards of a decade I want to say now he's been there for that long which is you know unheard of these days I, I believe coach. he just became he's, the winningest foreign manager in La Liga history over the weekend man, hey, that's, yeah that's, he's yeah. he's got roots <laughs> he's got yeah, roots yeah. down there now yeah he is Atletico almost you know so yeah he's been there for so so long and you know that club has kind of evolved over time as well I mean it was you know chronically just kind of like okay we're kind of the underdogs we'll we'll settle with you know i mean in, in recent history anyway um before like simeone kind of came on um you know they weren't winning the titles it was barca and, and real obviously winning the titles you know simeone comes along just kind of just you know shoots them up 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 the table um you know they win la liga they get to the final the champions league and all that so now they're kind of you know a big club um but obviously, we know Simeone's style of football. It is like Allegri to the you know nth degree. <laughs> um, it's Allegri style of football with a lot more cynicism and a lot more uh, fouls, I would say. Um, but yeah, so you know they did that. They did that style of football and it got them some success, like with Allegri. And then it kind of you know faded out, and it you know they were starting to underperform a little. And the same thing happened there. It was this push for Simeone to evolve his style of football. To, to become more positive and you know the club gave him money the club gave him more attacking talent and i mean from kind of 
the idea I got from like some reading some articles on it, they kind of ran into the same issues that we did. You know, it's it's this trying to play a style that you're sort of not really accustomed to, but you're getting pressure to play that type of football. And okay, you kind of force it onto the players and it doesn't really work. Like from when I, again, from the idea I got from the outside looking in, it was like, you know, Atletico, they did that kind of more positive football and it kind of, you know, it, it did okay, but it like, it just, it didn't bring them quite the success that they expected. And, it, you know, it just, it was, it was very erratic. Like they will have great games and it'll just have, um, yeah, they'll be underperforming and they'll struggle to get to top four. So again, the idea I get with Atletico is that they've, likewise like us they've just kind of reverted back to you know their style of football just you know hard you know hard defense focus on not conceding and then you know nick a goal here and there and it seems to just be more them and uh, i get the idea that with juve it's kind of the same i mean yeah i i, I get that idea that with juve it's the same thing that it's like you know we've tried this kind of different personality it's sort of worked and maybe it wasn't long enough to try maybe there was know too much going on but it seems like we've kind of just reverted back to you know old school Juve of just kind of just not concede and try and nick a goal here and then and and it's just more us it's not pretty it's not you know it's it it makes you pull your hair out but it 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 at least seems that everybody kind of knows what they're doing and knows that this is really yeah that's our identity I guess but you know I'm, I'm still not against eventually trying a more positive brand of football but i don't know for now i just feel that this is more our identity really should i send this clip to the uh, atletico madrid blog chucks yeah let them let, let them have it uh, tell them that i enjoyed <laughs> the uh, vicente calderon stadium a lot i uh visited there in 2014 so i am one of you i think chucks will, I be, guest star- by, so. chucks will be guest starring on the into into the calderon podcast yeah um, Come on, ring me up. I don't have an agent, so you won't, you won't have to go through you know, <laughs> countless emails. So yeah, ring me up. I I mean I I think something that you said about that, Chucks, was was very much the case. Is that 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 pro, the project of trying to move into you know a more attacking, more for the lack of a better term, modern style of football? No, the project it wasn't given enough time. I mean, you know, you had two coaches in there, both of whom were were dismissed after a year you know Saudi if it was true that Saudi had lost the locker room then that's one thing and and you have to take action on that you know Pirlo I, I didn't see all that much reason to get rid of Pirlo and I think uh, if you know it's a shame that Sergio's not here because Serge, Sergio and I I think are are in uh, are in agreement on that is that I I wouldn't have moved on from him last year and it's fine and dandy if something is your identity, but if your identity is no longer working, then you kind of do have to, you know, it's, it's adapt or die. It's, it's, you know, that's, that's the nat, that's natural selection. That's the world. I mean, is it really and now we're, working, and, working? I and mean, now like, we're looking at, I mean, is it really though? It I mean, again, my argument is that. It certainly like, didn't work on, it certainly didn't work at the San Siro. It certainly didn't work at the Gavais Arena yesterday. Well, the, the problem with it is, is that Serie A has evolved so much is that now Max, Max Allegri is one of the few managers who is actually still trying to play like things were yeah. five, six years ago, rather than yeah. rather than the attack-friendly Atalantas or Sassuolos. Or, I mean, we, we look at it now, and we've we said it over the last couple of years when the, the smaller you know provincial sides would come into Allianz Stadium and take poise from Juventus. 
they're no longer scared because they, they know they can attack. They know they can score goals rather than just sitting back and hoping for the best. Yeah. The league is 10 times better than it was during most of Allegri's tenure. And, and part of that is because the tactics in the, of the league have evolved, you know, the, the, the influence of people like Maurizio Sarri and, and Giampiero Gasparini really took hold. And, you know, and also a lot of, uh, and, you know, there's also a bit of a tree going down even from Zinek Zeman with guys like, you know, Eusebio Di Francesco. I mean, he fell off a cliff, obviously, after he left, uh, after he left Sassuolo for Roma. But there, there's, the, 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 the league has moved beyond this. And we're still kind of rolling around in the mud with it. And I, I, I made the, I made the pejorative comment a couple of uh, episodes ago about Max Allegri potentially turning into Jose Mourinho 2.0, but like right now, what else? There's, there's little else that I can really compare it to because, you know, Mourinho has been, been holding on to tactics that worked for him when he won the treble with Inter ever since. And again, the game has passed him by. And 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 what he does is no longer effective, and the theat and the 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 theatrics off the field don't work anymore, and 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 now he is a he's a mediocre manager at best in a, in the modern sense, and and Allegri is is really approaching that point, at least the way he is playing right now, and 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 I I do hold out some possibility for him to be able to pull out of this because we've seen him we have seen him you know pull out the some you know something wacky every now and then you know for you know on a game-to-game basis with stuff like the Atletico like Atletico Madrid where he just like you know mad scientist everything you know he, he you know the formation of that game was was dependent on the minute but also when you know again you go back to the year that we went to the final in Cardiff and when he switched to that, to, to that four, two, three, one and let his stars loose and the team romped through the league even harder than usual. And they beat a Barcelona team that at the time was still pretty damn good. And that had only be, and that had only two years prior beaten them in the final in the quarterfinal in relatively dominant i mean they went through that the the knockout stages of that champions league in relatively dominant fashion um up until they got into the to the final and even then you know that you know up until halftime of the final it was it was still the same you know you were looking at a really good at 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 a a team that would attack and that would go and that would move and that was still solid in defense partly because they had three of the best center backs in the world at you know all on the same team and also because that you know you, you do have the you know the identity of being a solid defensive team but there there's a point where you have to let go cuz everybody else has and like you said Danny no the people are looking at this and they're seeing it and they're not you know the fear factor is gone you know i have a friend i have a i have a friend who who i see a legend sometimes and and talk with him on the internet i know he listens to the podcast so i know he's probably going to pick up on what i'm saying right now but 
you know, he at one he he and I were having a, a disagreement over the internet yesterday after the game, and he said, you know, we can run the table at Atalanta can't, and I was like, no, I don't think we can run the table. I don't think a number one. I don't think we're particularly good enough to run the table between now and then, and b number two. The the rest of the league is too good for us to run the table between now and then, and and ensure that Atalanta, you know, drop points in one, you know, and think at the lot to drop points in one get in one match and and then we're into the top four. There's got to be some evolution here because otherwise they're you know we're just we're just going to be sitting in place while everybody else who who handles the game in a more modern, more effective way, they're just going to keep playing above us until we change. Well I guess my question is also and, you know I'm not necessarily against like evolving the team i mean of course you know you need to evolve you need to grow times change you need to the team needs to change with the times and um grow with the evolution in tactics across the league and across europe uh, i mean i guess my general somewhat rhetorical question is that you know even if we gave even if we said okay yeah let's do this how much would how much time would the media slash fans slash management slash just the footballing world world how much patience would people even have for like this this change in project to happen because you know i think of like someone like uh, okay maybe a slightly different situation but like when jurgen klopp first came to liverpool years and years ago um it still took him like a year and a half two years for it for the club to like you know become jurgen klopp's liverpool you know so especially these days who would give like who would give a like two three years to you know, rebrand the club into this, like, you know, positive style of football. Like, I just think people don't even have the patience these days. People wouldn't, you know, we, the club, I mean, the management didn't even give Pirlo one year, didn't even give Sari or well, more than one year. Um, they didn't even give Sari or Pirlo more than one year to, to create a project, you know, to create a, uh, yeah, an identity. Because I just think there's not the patience anymore in football. And, and you know, we've just had to, relatively mediocre years um with Juve so you know do people have the patience for another I don't know one two mediocre seasons with Juve I mean I just don't think anybody does have the patience eventually, which you know it's not you're good, gonna have but, to yeah eventually you're gonna have to yeah yeah because the because the uh, the alternative is dropping out of the top four entirely for a couple of years the way we did in the the pre-Marotta Agnelli days and at this point, and especially at this point in time, that's apocalypse from a financial sense. So if, if it takes a bit, you've got to put your head down and go through. I mean, and you have an example, even in even right here in Serie A, from the guys we just played. Stefano Pioli was getting sacked if lockdown didn't happen. Stefano Pioli would not have lasted another two weeks at, at AC Milan had, had the season not had to stop because of COVID. And then after the restart, Milan just exploded. Now Pioli is, you know, considered a, a huge redemption story as a coach after all, after he put in so many long years to, you know, kind of to, to earn his stripes and Milan are leading the league. So, you know, you, you do have to have that patience because good managers will eventually turn things, you, you know, if, if you, if you give a good manager, the program, the way that as you, the, the, with the example, you, you said 
Jurgen Klopp turned Liverpool into what Liverpool is today. Pioli managed to turn Milan into what Milan is today because of that patience. Yes, it is not necessarily in the Italian footballing culture to have that patience. I mean, yes, we're not all Maurizio Zamparini, but look at what we've just gone through. We've had four coaches in four years, or four coaching changes, I guess. But you have to you have to make that sacrifice at some point because everything else, because eventually you're just gonna you're just gonna hit bottom. And right now, especially Juve can't really afford that. Do we want to talk about some good things before we get to Twitter questions? Yeah, let's mm, let, let's me. let's have a little let's be a little uplifting. Okay. Yep. Well, here's an uplifting note. Matthias Delict is playing awesome, and so is Danilo. Go ahead and talk yeah. about them too. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I I challenge anyone who still wants the the Cancelo Danilo deal to be reversed. I mean, you know, I I I I just think eventually that that was just a a product of fit. I mean, I don't think Cancelo fit with an Italian club. I think Danilo has really, you know, hit his stride and found a place that he really loves. And Danilo is, he was very good yesterday. There were a couple of points where he was digging balls out. He was, he was in the middle of the box, heading, heading crosses and corners out. And the licks, like you said in your post game, Danny, it's really unfortunate that the one mistake he made was what led to the goal. It was a little bit, it was a little bit weird. I was, you know, cause, cause I was looking through some things and, you know, once Malinovsky came on, it was almost like Delict had taken it upon him to man mark him. Like, because Delict went basically wherever Malinovsky did, and I don't know if that was if that came from the bench or if he took that upon himself. But it kind of obviously kind of backfired when, and you know, Malinovsky made a great turn to to get by him, and then it was just a matter of yeah, you've got to foul him at that point. And then you've got the the howitzer that is his left foot taking that shot, but but yeah, the both of them have been very very good. I mean, you 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 keep on watching Delict and you're looking as to whether or not there's going to be an impending doom regarding him in the summer. Like he, the the way he is, he is it is so imperative for Juventus to keep him around for the for the future of the of the defense. You've got to figure out a way to make an end, either make an end run around Mino Rayola or just, you know, flatter Rayola enough to get him to, you know, make him think that he's it's worth better worth his while at Juve than to try to make another huge move and get another huge commission. Although, you know, maybe he won't even, you know, with FIFA's new agent rules coming in, maybe he won't be able to get as much until we'll be able to keep him around. But um, it's, it, it is really imperative that that he stay. And and Danilo, you know, I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing more of him now that he's back because I think it really it it gives a, a good solid uh it gives a good a good solidity back to the right side and it frees up Juan Cuadrado to move up and 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 really attack with more of an abandon. And of course let's not forget uh Lugani, who I mean hasn't played last, you know, two games or so, but he's saying also that because Sergio been... isn't here. <laughs> yes, yes. Just just making sure he uh, he knows what he's missing, the, the joys he's missing. <laughs> no, Lugani, of course, has been playing excellently as well. And then, you know, Dan- Danilo as well, the Ligt, And yeah, I mean, our center backs have been, you know, in very good form. Uh Khalid Giolini, of course, is injured, but you know, before his injury, I thought he was 
playing quite well as well. Uh, Bonucci is the only one still kind of, you know, still getting back to form after uh, after being uh, being out of action for a while. But still, um, you know, our other defenders are doing yeah just very well. And it is, I mean, I remember when we did have, well, we should still have some concern about our center back um, situation because, you know, they're all aging. I mean, Danilo, um, Bonucci, Gaelini, they're not getting any younger. But at least, you know, for this season, um, I think we're in a good place. Uh, with these players and you know just just on the uh, Cancelo uh, Danilo switch I think this is one of the rare swap deals that actually worked for both teams you know it's always it's almost always that it only works for one team or doesn't work at all for either team but yeah that's actually one of the very very rare instances that just worked perfectly for both teams because as you said Sam it's just both players were just much better fits for their new teams um you know Cancelo with City and Danilo with uh Juve just yeah I think and that is indeed the best way to describe it just a better fit not necessarily that one player is you know dramatically better than the other um, they're just very different players but it just fit each team much better you know we can uh, at least uh, yeah like you said be a little optimistic about, about our uh center back situation for the time being and yeah with Quadrado, I mean I would still I've, I've said repeatedly i rather have him as right back i think he's more beneficial to the team at right back i mean he can still do a job at right back and right right midfield but um i personally prefer him at um right back i think he's become so good defensively now and then he's also still has that offensive ability to kind of be a solid right back with good attacking you know contributions um i think as a winger i think he would be nowadays he's more of a slightly more defensively oriented winger just because he's played in defense so long but um yeah i mean either way either position i think he would be uh very useful and i will you know give a shout out actually to uh you know my compatriot um for the other team for atalanta uh to miners who uh i thought i also had excellent excellent game uh yesterday i i mean i haven't really i don't really watch aodvz uh football i mean i barely catch uve games um busy busy times people so i didn't really follow him when he was at azet um azet alkmaar and his brother actually is uh, still playing there so um there's a fun trivia for you but um yeah i mean he's he did is really good? really we well should pick him up yeah, yeah i mean yeah, <laughs> he might be uh, might be decent as well but yeah goat miners i mean he thought he was just yeah really excellent in that um very germanic uh midfield that Atalanta has actually uh, with you know the Dutchman of uh, Cope Miners uh, Martin Roon and Hans Hatteboer and of course they also have uh, Joachim Mele who's Danish so you know you got three Dutchmen and a Danish person Freuler. and Foyler is Swiss so you got all them you know all them Germanic Martin <laughs> Deroon <laughs> or, or yes yes that is the uh, I guess the English <laughs> pronunciation <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, they do really have an excellent spine there in midfield. Um, and yeah, Coat Miners has fit in quite well and surprisingly, actually. Yeah, it's no surprise to see Atalanta getting a few bargain bin uh, hits, is it, on the transfer market? Nope, nope. I just didn't think it would come from Holland. <laughs> it's so frustrating that we don't anymore. And, and part of that, I think, was because Allegri, uh, Agnelli didn't want to live in that part of the market. He wanted to live in the upper, the, you know, the stratosphere of the market for a while. But, you know, we're not getting any of the, the, the Vidals anymore. You know, Vidal, when he came to us, we're not getting any of those moves anymore. 
I mean, I guess McKenny and McKenny is hopefully Zakaria. McKenny is honest. the only one in Zakaria. Yeah, Zakaria was was more of a you know taking advantage of the of the contract being up and 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 forcing the issue, which was a good move. But you know, you you every team's got to hit on some of those. I mean, like you know, why did Real Madrid uh, run all those those titles together? It was because Casemiro, they got Casemiro, who was you know not a not a ton, but he tied that mid. He didn't. He wasn't a Galactico. He didn't cost a ton. He, you know, wasn't hugely skilled, but he tied that midfield together. You know, you need you need moves like that, and Juve doesn't make them anymore. Shall we transition to some Twitter questions? Yes, please. A slide on to the left. All right. Slide on to the right. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. It's not not quite. Uh, doesn't quite parallel the uh, action from the halftime show yesterday, but you know, it's uh, right. got some musical references. That's right. From at Bachisabi, what was up with the mass sub of attackers on at the end of the game? I get we needed a goal, but they didn't feel like, but there didn't feel like there was a rhyme or reason with those late game subs. Desperation is what it was. I mean, you you lose that game, then you are down. Then Atalanta does jump you, and they have the game in hand. That's a really big, you know, and and that's a really bad position to be in heading into the rest of the season when it comes to trying to catch them. That that's an everything in the kitchen sink situation in a six pointer like that. I just wish he hadn't had to make those moves and made other ones sooner. Yeah, indeed. I mean, it was basically just you know going for broke, which you know. Uh, Again, and I mentioned this in the post-game thread. I mean, credit Allegri for indeed going for broke, um, throwing all those strikers on. Okay, it was a little too late. Yeah, probably was. But, you know, it's unlike Allegri to go that um, that much for broke and throw on all those strikers at one. And, I mean, he had other options. And, you know, there was still... Uh, uh, well, actually, did they really? No, I mean... Actually, you know what? I take that back. Actually, didn't really have that. I mean, in terms of midfielders, Artur. Yeah, I mean, that's really only center. And then for the rest, defenders and uh, yeah, poor Caillou George. Um, so yeah, I mean, you know what? I guess maybe that's really more it. That I guess he didn't really have any other alternatives. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah, McKenny, Locatelli, Rabio. Yeah, I mean, Zakaria. I guess. I mean, I guess he was what tired maybe or something which you know i sympathize with it. again he's just just arrived in the country in the in the league so you know okay maybe he needed some rest but yeah i mean he didn't really have any other options i guess so yeah maybe that was it all righty here next one from uh at benmadi farouk do you think juve will make it to the champions league next season and more importantly after sunday's game what kind of beers are you get were you guys drinking well, I was not drinking any beers because I try not to get too inebriated while I'm trying to write my my post game because then things can get weird. Also, it's very difficult drink uh, handling the baby whilst inebriated. That's just that's a recipe for disaster. Not recommended. Um, zero out of ten. Do not recommend. But in terms of will you make the Champions League at this point? It's at this point it's a fifty fifty. Like it, it is a complete toss up right now. You've got what happens with Atalanta with their game in hand. Uh, you know, how deep do both Juve and Atalanta get into Europe uh, in their respective competitions? That'll have a lot to do with it. You know, if, if one is still playing games deep into, into April and May and the other isn't, then you've got a potential for 
you, you know that that that's more potential for for exhaustion for for ta- attacks on their depth for dropped points in the league. Uh, same with Juve for the the Coppa Italia semifinal against Fiorentina. It, it's it, it is such a toss up right now because the race is so close. Uh, to say nothing of the fact that a team like Napoli could still conceivably drop back into the pack. I don't see anybody else coming up from behind to to really make a run at this point. But th- with with things so close, the, the big problem about yesterday's game also is that Atalanta now firmly has the tiebreaker. So if you finish level with them, then that's not a great, great thing. It, it's still very unclear. And we'll see how that works as we as we as as the season goes and and what how the variables shake out i think we will uh make top four but uh, i think it's going to come down to the last two or three match days on wait 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 wait. did chucks just make a prediction i i am confirming a mark down the date (laughs) i'm confirming a prediction i was expecting what you say 99 percent of the time yeah, and all of a but, sudden, you 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 threw me for a loop here with an actual prediction. Well, unlike uh, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, and um, <laughs> all the other um, brilliant uh, old school rappers that came back with their old hits and it's still good, my old hits tend to expire after a while. So, um, but unlike Fifty Cent, Mary J. Blige, Eminem, Snoop, and well, Kendrick Lamar's newer. So yeah, you won't I be know. hanging upside down like one of your. Oh no, you know, man, yeah, but I was like. Yeah. 15 man when he did that i was like oh my god he's still alive but anyway. <laughs> <laughs> i mean honestly i thought he was like retired or something but he anyway. wasn't announced for that either that was a surprise yeah guess. that's that what was a i was like spot, right yeah yeah so like like i said unlike you know them and especially 50 at my old hits don't like you know they kind of get old so so i try well, to mix it up I, I will add this one one point before we get to our last Twitter question. Atalanta, depending how far they go in the Europa League, they could be doing that wonderful, and I'm sure our friends at Chiesa di Totti will remember this from last year, the wonderful Thursday-Sunday grind between Europa League and Serie A. So that's fun yeah. if Atalanta... Yeah, starting this week. Yeah. Starting and Thursday against... Olympiacos. Olympiacos, that's right. And speaking of Roma, Atalanta still have Roma, which could give them a game, depending on which Roma shows up. Atalanta still have Napoli. Atalanta still have Milan. So there are some bigger games against teams that Juventus has already faced for a second time still out there for Atalanta. So hopefully, hopefully Juventus can get some help from help from some friends. Hopefully. I mean, the thing is, we've also, we've got Inter still, we've got, Fiorentina still at the very end of the season and they've been playing well. We've still got Lazio. Like that's a, you know, it's not, it's not just proven even the Derby on Friday. I mean, Torino's a much is in a much better place than they've been a lot of for, for a lot of the last couple of years. Uh, Last question here. It's more of a statement than a question, I think, but we'll, we'll, we'll play off of it from David Allen at piano lullaby. Very nice Twitter handle. I think anyone who thinks Juventus are favorite for the Villarreal match is deluded. It seems like a 50-50 chance of making it through. The interplay between the front three is almost there, but breaks down due to misplaced passes more often than not. So your thoughts on what Mr. Allen had to say? 
I think Juventus get a huge boost for the fact that Gerard Moreno is out definitively out for the first leg next week and could very well be out for the second leg. Um, because that is, he's their main goal scorer. He is their, you know, he is such a huge part of their attack. Um, you know, just, just not having him there could, could defang Villarreal quite a bit. Yeah. It, it depends a lot. I think, I don't necessarily think that Villarreal's, you know, Villarreal's defense is good. They're not like, you know, great. You know, we've gotten the better of Raul Albiol plenty of times when he was at Napoli. It's certainly not an open and shut case. You know, the Mestalla is never a fun place to go to. But I, I think after the, after the arrivals of Vlaovic and Zakaria, I would say that Juventus are slight favorites. I'd say like maybe 55, 60% for the tie, especially with Moreno out for at least one leg. But you've got to play the games. And, you know, if, if, you know, you end up with another, with another egg being laid in, in one of these first rounds, I mean, the first, think the last time Juventus came out of the first leg of a Champions League tie in a position to win was against Ajax when they had the away goal after 1 1. That's the last time that Juventus has been in a winning position coming out of the first leg of a Champions League tie, which is pretty rough. And, and it's, you know, even further back for, an, for having an out-and-out lead. From that, you have to go from before Ronaldo got there. So got to play the games, but I, I think Juve are, a, are slightly better right now than Villarreal is. Yeah, I'll put it at 60-40 for Juve. Um, I think we're, I mean, we're still 11 matches unbeaten. In good form in general. Obviously, it's not pretty football, but, you know, still in pretty good form. And, yeah, I mean, it's Champions League, you know. I think it's just, you know, Champions League comes on and it's like, oh, okay, we have to, like, you know, wake up and we have to, like, play better. I think it's that jolt of, like, you know, okay, this is this is different than Serie A. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'll put it at 60-40. Just for the record, Villarreal right now are out of the European places in La Liga. They are seventh on 36 points. So they are not having a particularly successful season domestically. But, you know, we'll see how that translates because obviously they played through the Champions League group and knocked Atalanta out of there. So, again, got to play it. I play it indeed, and obviously we'll see that first leg coming up here shortly. So uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll be talking about that next week. So uh, on that note, thank you guys for your Twitter questions. We always appreciate them. If you want to send them in to us, it's at Juventus Nation on Twitter. You can follow us there, follow us there as well as on Facebook at Black and White and Rattle Over is your search term. Same search term for your favorite podcasting platform whether it is apple Podcasts, spotify or google Podcasts. if you listen listen on spotify or apple Podcasts, feel free to rate us and leave us a nice review we always appreciate it so for sam for chucks and for the absent sergio who should be back next week this is danny saying thank you very much for listening and speaking of that we will talk to you guys next week